Turn your Bibles over to the fifth chapter, book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 for our thoughts this morning. And if you would, when you get there, please stand as we honor the Lord's word. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. For, brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. In verse 18 But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house this morning with your people. And Father, I thank you for each one that's here, those homes that are represented. And Father, as we come today, Lord, may your Spirit speak to our hearts. May you feed our spirit with your word this morning. Give me the words to say. Bring to my remembrance those things I've studied. Lord, let me preach with boldness and authority those truths. And Father, if there's one here today that knows you not, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of that need of salvation before it's eternally too late. Be the prayer requests. Lord, that have been spoken, those that are unspoken, those that are written down. Pray your will will be done with each and every one of them as you see fit. Now, Lord, may we honor and glorify you. May we worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we do pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, tomorrow is Independence Day, as Brother Rich said. 246 years old as a nation. And we won our independence from Britain, right? England. And we are a blessed nation. So the Bible says, the psalmist said in Psalms 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, how many of you have heard on the news lately American exceptionalism? Y'all heard that phrase before? Surely you have. If you watch the news, you're going to hear it because there are those that know what it truly means for America to be exceptional. 
And then there are those that don't think America's too exceptional. I just got one thing to say about that. If you don't like it, leave it. Amen? Hey, we have to pay taxes on everything that the government wants us to do. I have no problems paying taxes to ship you off if you hate our country. Amen. That's the truth. You hate it so bad. Listen, we are an exceptional country. What does it mean, Pastor? It means this, that we are unique as a nation in the world. What I mean by that is we have a democratic way of government that also gives its citizens liberty. Now let me just say this about liberty. Boy, we're losing them right and left. Amen? Seems like every day our liberties are being taken away. But understand, if you will, this morning. We still may have our issues here in America. We still have lots of problems. And I've said it, you've heard me say it, but it bears repeating. It will not get better till Jesus comes back. He is coming. And when he does, he'll straighten all this nonsense out. But even though we have our issues, even though we are not perfect, we are still one of two of the greatest nations that's ever been on this planet. America and Israel. Amen. Amen. Now, as I thought about American exceptionalism, There is another exceptionalism I want to bring to your attention this morning. And that is Christian exceptionalism. Understand, we as born again believers have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. And he is the greatest savior there is in the world. Oh, there's other little saviors out there according to man. But they're not the Savior. And because of what he did on the cross for you and I, guess what? We have certain liberties. You see, our sins have been forgiven. We have eternal life. We have God's hand upon us with a promise that we one day will spend eternity with him. So, beloved, I like those Christian exceptionalisms, don't you? We have something that the world, look at this, that the world doesn't even know about or even care about. But those of us that are saved, oh, I'm thankful to be a child of God. How about you? So, with that said, Paul is addressing this letter to the Galatians. And understand, at that time, y'all, I'm going to have to, Set from time to time. So it's not that I'm taking a break, okay? Uh, Paul was dealing with Jewish teachers back then that still taught that in order to be in a right relationship, you had to also, with God, you had to also follow the law. Now, beloved, Paul dealt with a lot there. And even today we have people that are still trying to appease God by following a certain set of 
standards and traditions thinking that it makes them right with God. Understand, because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross, because he gave his life, because he redeemed us, the law no longer has an effect to those that come to Jesus. Understand that I don't appease God because I keep the law. I am made right with God because of what Jesus did for me. That's where grace comes in. Amen. Amen. We are saved by grace through faith. Not keeping the law. The law says man must do for God. But grace says no. This is what God did for man. Amen. Amen. So, with that said, let's get into what Paul is saying here in chapter 5. For brethren, who's he talking to? Who's he addressing there? He's addressing believers, those that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Understand, when he was dealing with the church at Galatia, there were those that again, one, wanted to follow the law. They thought they had to keep the law in order to be made right with God. And then there was that group that, no, they were saved by grace, but they had it twisted thinking that because they have liberty in Christ, they can live any old way they want to, do any old thing they want to do, and it's okay. So Paul is addressing this. Now I will say even today we have people out there that have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, but they have it in their head because they have Christian liberty that they can go out, do anything they want to, and all they have to do is just say, Lord, forgive me. But Lord, it's all liberty. Y'all ever met any people like that? As a pastor, I've dealt with several. Hey, there's nothing wrong with drinking. I've got liberty. Uh, you might have liberty, but I'm going to tell you, when someone that doesn't know Jesus watches you, and they die and they go to hell, you're going to be held accountable for that. Amen? Oh, well, I can live any old way I want to. No, understand, when Jesus went to the cross, he gave everything so that you and I might be delivered from sin and death. And it cost him his very best. The least you and I can do, even though we have liberty, the least you and I can do is live for him. Amen? Now, notice what Paul says here. For you, brethren, you've been called unto liberty, and I'm thankful for the liberty I have. Amen. Yes, I've been forgiven. Yes, I'm going to heaven. And yes, if I got tempted and I gave in to temptation and I sinned, that wouldn't destine me to hell. I can ask the Lord to forgive me, and he will forgive me. But understand... He'll whip my tail if I continue to do that nonsense. Just like you would your child. Amen. You tell your child, don't do that. But they do it. 
Now, the first time you probably are going to give them a little slack and say, I told you, you should have known better. Don't do it no more. But then you catch them doing that very same thing again. So this time you kind of bust them on the tail and say, I won't tell you again. And then a little time goes by and little Johnny's back in the hog pen. You grab them and you give them a few more stripes on the backside. And you keep on. Why do you do it? Why do you waste your time? Because you love them and you don't want them hurt. That's the way it is with God the Father. He loves us and he don't want us hurt. And besides that, we don't have to stay in the hog pen anymore. Amen. We're not in the hog pen no more. We're cleaned up. I'm an old hog that's got a bowl in my head. Amen. I'm cleaned up because of the blood of Jesus. But I still have a hog's nature. Amen. Some of y'all will get that in about five minutes. It says, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now look at what he says, and I'll pick up love here in a minute, but notice what he said in 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, the Jews followed Brother Shiro's 613 laws. Can you imagine? 613, we, we can't even keep one. 613. Okay? Now, Jesus said you can take the law and narrow it down to just two. They are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our body, and our soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Do y'all remember when Jesus was asked the question, who's my neighbor? And then he gave the parable of what? The Samaritan. And who is my neighbor, pastor? It's anyone you and I come in contact with every day while we are here on planet earth. That's your neighbor. And it doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter their status, where they work, how rich, how well off or poor and bad off they are. It doesn't matter. Y'all better get this. What color they are. Amen. Doesn't matter. They're our neighbor. And the greatest way to exercise liberty in Christ that Paul's trying to get across to the Galatians is that we show them that we belong to him because we do love them. And let me just say this about love. Any love that we have, only true love is willing to sacrifice of oneself. Y'all get that? I can tell Brother Terry I love him all the time. I don't. I don't. I love him. I can tell Brother Terry I love him all the time. But if I don't show him by doing for him and helping him when he needs it, then all my words are just vain. They don't mean nothing. 
They don't mean a thing. No, when we love someone like the Lord loves us, we're willing to sacrifice of ourselves. And let me just say this about love. You see, I'll tell you what the problem of the church is today. We have, one, left our first love, and two, because we don't love one another in the church like we should, the church is splitting. The church has a stigma in the community. And it's all because we don't love like Christ commanded us to love. In this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have love for the brethren. But let me throw this in too. You'll never lead a sinner to Christ if you don't demonstrate love to that sinner. Amen? Oh, but wait, that's a homosexual. Needs Jesus. You love them in Christ. You don't have to love their ways. You don't have to partake of what they do. You have to set them straight with the word of God, but you show them love. And I'm here to tell you, love will melt the hardest of hearts. I have seen it. It's happened. You know what's wrong? We've forgotten the Lord's commandment about love. And when we have true liberty in Christ, which by the way, as a believer, the word of God makes it clear you have liberty. We have liberty to love one another and sinners. And we need to remember that. Now, don't get me wrong. Sounds like I'm picking on the gays. I'm not. Listen, there's a lot of folks out there. There's pornographers. There's adulterers. There's drunks. There's murderers. There's drug addicts. There's all kinds of people that I don't particularly care for. I don't plan on being around other than being able to share the gospel with them. But I'll not partake of their sin. But the Apostle Paul said, I became all things to all men that I might win some. Now that doesn't mean Paul was going to party with them. Doesn't mean Paul was headed to the temple to sacrifice idols to false gods. No, but he made and showed himself friendly so that he might have the opportunity to share Christ with them. Beloved, that's the mindset you and I are to have today. You say, Brother John, are you going to open this church up today? Listen, I want anyone to come through those doors that need Christ to come through those doors, and I want to get them saved. I assure you, if they truly are born again, they'll get rid of all that stuff. Amen? They won't stay in that. Listen. You'll come out of the hog pen. Now those that say I'm saved and continue to practice that, well, they got saved all right, but it's by John Richardson and not the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, FYI, I cannot or never will be able to save you. 
Don't trust Pastor John for salvation. You trust Jesus Christ. Jesus saves. Not any pastor. Amen? You want to scare me to death? Come up and say, Pastor, I remember you. You saved me. Remember back? Oh, I'll have a heart attack. No, I didn't save you. But I know who can save you. Amen? Now notice what he says. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Bite and consume. Consume. Brother John, you mean if we start eating people? That's not what he's talking about there. He's not talking about frying somebody up. Although some of us, boy, we could supply some meat, couldn't we? Help you, Lori? I know. I know. He's not talking about that kind of consuming. He's talking spiritually. He's talking spiritually. If we bite and argue and fuss, it will consume us. Understand, church, if we're not careful, it'll be easy for us to fuss and fight and be consumed. We got to protect ourselves from that. And that's what Paul is saying to the Galatians. Spiritually. Now, you say, Brother John, that liberty stuff sounds good, but I don't quite understand. How can I do it? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 16. This I say then. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's say that one more time. I want you to get this. Paul's telling the Galatians, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, when we are led and submitted to the Holy Spirit of God after salvation, the spirit is only going to want to do those things that please the Lord. Now, (laughs) this old body here, It's the biggest hindrance that we have here on earth, isn't it? It's the biggest hindrance. You see, this old flesh wants to be accommodated. You see, we have a sinful nature. You say, no, 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 I'm saved. I don't sin no more. I don't know who told you that, but that's not what the Bible says. I'm saved, yes, but I have a sinful nature. And it wants to be accommodated. It wants what the flesh wants. But according to the word of God, if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the spirit. But the flesh is weak, isn't it? Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And beloved, Paul said this. Now, y'all would agree with me. Next to Jesus, Paul was pretty close to being perfect. He wasn't. 
Jesus was perfect, but the Apostle Paul lived an exemplary life for the Lord after he got saved. But you know what Paul said in Romans chapter 7? In the flesh dwelleth no good in me. Those things that I want to do that are good, I do not. And those things that I hate are the very things I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Well, Christ, when he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, delivered us from death and sin. But we must what? Walk by the Spirit. Now, notice what he says in the next verse that ties into verse 16. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Understand. You cannot feed the flesh and feed the spirit at the same time. Did y'all get that? Can't be done. You're either going to feed the flesh or you're going to feed the Spirit, but you can't do it at the same time. So what are you willing to do? What do you want to do? See, here's the problem. Just like the Galatians, you know, they had the law. They were wanting to fulfill the law to appease to God, and yet they also wanted to live any old way they wanted to because they had liberty. They were taking advantage. And before we throw rocks at the Galatian church, understand something. Are we not the same today? You say, well, how, Pastor John? I'll tell you how. You see, in the church, we want to straddle the fence. When it's Sunday morning, we want to feed The Spirit. And by the way, you should want to feed the Spirit. But not just Sunday morning. How about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the whole week and the whole month and the whole year? The rest of your life should be your desire. If you're saved, you should have that desire. But because we're saved and we have liberty... We tend to say to ourselves, oh, today I think I'll do that. And we give in to the flesh. And of course, we're telling ourselves, but I have liberty. I have liberty and I can live any old way I want to and do any old thing I want to. But beloved, you have been bought with a price and no." You are accountable to God for your life and your actions. Amen? 
So, he says that they flesh lust is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary. They battle every day. I guess what Paul's trying to say to the Galatians, make up your mind. You're either going to serve the flesh or you are going to surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit. Which is it for you? Paul didn't mention no words. Now, I will say this. That sounds awful simple, doesn't it, Brother Terry? Hey, that's pretty simple. Just walk in the Spirit and you won't feed the flesh. And it sounds so simple. But here's the problem. (laughs) It's not simple. It's harder than what you think. How many of you face temptation every day? Every day. There is not a day that doesn't go by where Satan doesn't say, nobody will know. It's only this one time. You've been good. All these years you've been good. Come on. One time, God ain't going to mind. And the biggest lie is God won't see. Nobody will know. Uh, God will see. He will know. And so will everybody in the church. Amen? That's how it is. But if we walk in the Spirit, we will not feed the flesh. But you've got to make up your mind. And you've got to ask the Lord... To help you. Listen, in my own strength, I would be in the flesh every day. In my own strength. But with the help of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, do you know what? Even though the old devil can paint a pretty attractive picture of that old temptation, whatever it is, oh, that, oh, that looks appeasing. Oh, go ahead with God's help. And because I'm willing to submit to the Holy Spirit, you know what? That carrot disappears because I am walking by the Spirit. And the Bible says, if you walk by the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the flesh. doesn't say it might not happen. He says you won't if you walk by the Spirit. But the key is walking by the Spirit. How do I do that? You stay in church. You stay faithful to God. You stay faithful to His Word. You spend time on your knees asking God for direction and help. And you allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in your life. If you do that, You'll not fulfill the flesh. Notice what else he says. Wow, y'all going to get out of here a little early today. But if you be led of the Spirit, and I like this, you are not under the law. Verse 18. You see what was 
the Galatians problem, they were straddling the fence. They had liberty, but there were some of them also that had the idea, oh, well, to appease God, I've got to make sure I keep some of the law. Make up your mind. There were some that said, no, I don't have to keep the law because Christ fulfilled the law for me when he died on the cross. But because I have liberty, I can do what I want to. Thing is, you can't do what you want to. That's not what liberty is. Liberty is about restraint. Let me say that one more time. True liberty is about restraint. God gives us restraint when we walk in the Spirit. Restraint. I can't live any old way I want to. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, He sacrificed himself for me. I belong to him. I have been bought with a price. He owns me lock, stock, and barrel. I'm a slave. He's my master. Amen? So, in close couple things. One, America, which we'll be celebrating tomorrow, our Independence Day, has gotten away from the Lord. And America is changing rapidly. And it's because people that are running the country are making laws that are contrary to this right here. Just because men change laws that are contrary to the word of God, doesn't mean that we have to go along with it. We stay in the word. Amen? Two. Pray for this country. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Did y'all get that? There's hope. But we truly need to pray for America. And I'm not going to get too political, but I want to remind you something. We're talking about liberties. And we have, as Christians have the most liberties and we're truly blessed. But as an American, we also have liberties. And one of those liberties is to vote. The problem and the situation that we're in now is because no one prayed 
before they went to the pole and no one took their Bible to line it up with that person running for office. Now that ain't popular and I'll probably go to jail one of these days for my stand. But we're in the shape today because no one has prayed about it. Well, I'm just a Democrat. I'm going to vote Democrat. You're not saved is what you are. Did you say that, Brother John? I did. They are contrary to what this book teaches. Now, if they'll get saved, they'll change that. That bunch up there's lost. Understand they're lost. You say, well, Brother John, what can we do? Pray and share Christ with them. Not shoot at them. Amen. Tempting. Oh, I, they'll probably kick us off sermon audio. That preacher's going crazy. Listen to me. Those American liberties we have are being taken. And they're being taken away from us because you and I have sat on our backsides and allowed it. Say amen. That's the truth. Well, I don't have much voice and I'll just send a dollar or two. Listen, there comes a time money ain't going to cut it. Your voice ain't going to cut it. You're going to have to stand and not bow or bow. Now, that's American liberties. I want to talk about Christian liberties one more time and I promise I'm shutting up. Those of us that are saved, praise God, we have God's hand over our lives. And God is going to bless us and he's going to take care of us. That's not hearsay, that's a promise. But, if we continue on like we are, as the Lord's people, Christians and his church, if we just sit back and lay dormant, you know what they're going to do? Shut the doors. They're going to take this away from us. Don't take it for granted. Now, how's your journey? It's not easy. And believe me, I don't want to insinuate that being a Christian is easy. Hardest thing I've ever done. And yes, we struggle. We go through things. It's not easy. But listen, in the end, oh, the reward that's waiting for us. So if you're struggling, I suggest you come to the altar and ask God for help. Because he'll give it. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you've yet to receive Christ as your Savior, you're lost. You're in sin. And one day you will face God at the judgment. And even though you are an American and you have certain liberties as an American, as a lost person, you don't have the liberties that me 
and my brothers and sisters have in Christ. But you can, if you'll just come. Ask the Lord to come into your heart. Ask him to be your savior. He'll save you. I am a testimony. Everybody here that knows the Savior is a testimony to his grace. He hadn't turned none of us away, has he? You be sure not to turn him away. Sinner friend, he wants to save you this morning. So would you stand with me and bow your heads? Brother Bob, come. Father, I thank you for allowing me this time to... Stand and share the word. Father God, I just pray. The word is spoken to hearts. We do celebrate our independence. We're thankful for this country. But Lord, most of all, we're thankful for your son who laid his life down so that we could be redeemed and reconciled to you through his suffering on the cross. So, Father, as we come now to the invitation, I don't know the needs of those that are here, but you do. Whatever that need is, I pray that, Lord, they'll obey your voice and they'll come and get that need met, especially if it's salvation. Father, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, Lord, bless the invitation. Have your way with our hearts and lives. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.